Welcome to the Pub Meeple Podcast with your hosts, Gary, Shuck, Just Brian, and Proper Brian. On episode 28, we discuss long distance gaming. So sit back, grab a brew, and join us at the pub. Let's talk board games. All right, guys. Ah, man, it's glad to see. It's glad to. Well, I guess. Well, I can see you guys on the screen here. We're we're doing things a little differently. As it's good to yeah. see you in air quotes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> as as everyone is, we're having to uh, we're having to change the way we do things a little bit. And so we're we're going to be recording uh, online here instead of meeting in person. It's always one of our favorite things is kind of meet and so before and after the podcast, we'll, we'll joke around. There's a lot of joking and occasionally some gaming or whatnot, but. Um, so so now we're, we're we're doing this Zoom thing. So hopefully uh, the you know we don't get hacked or anything, right? According you know according to the FBI. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, we don't get Zoom bombed by somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, good good thing is no one would know. We'd we'd uh, we'd we'd be shocked, but we wouldn't. You know, no one else would necessarily hear it. So I guess uh, what have you guys been up to? Um, quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Staying at home, playing games at home. Pretty much, that's that's kind of the, the impetus of this episode is how we can play games uh, from afar, right? How we can uh, figure out ways to play games with our friends uh, when we're not in the same room. What what have you? Oh, I guess what are you guys drinking? I can't see everything. Although Sean, Sean's uh, <laughs> Sean showed us on the screen what he's drinking. Sean, Chuck, how, how about you? You I, introduce us to what you're drinking. I I got for the times. I have my Corona extra. <laughs> no, you didn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. It's messed up. <laughs> You dirty dog. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Actually, it's not that great, but I'm doing it anyway. So you only got it to be ironic is what you're saying. I got it because it was in the fridge and I refused to drink it, but I'm doing it now. Oh, you I already had it. it. You didn't actually yeah. go out no. and purchase it. Okay. I have okay. one. <laughs> it's okay. the only one I have. That's, that's <laughs> excusable. My, my, uh, because we're not allowed to go out to the stores, right? So I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm getting tough. what's in yeah. the fridge. You can go out for essentials. I mean, come on. We're talking about it's, beer here. Yeah. Corona is not an essential. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, my son asked me the other day because we saw a picture, you know, of, of uh, you know, people were having memes with, you know, they had the Corona beer in it or whatever. He said, hey, is, is that one you like? Do you drink that? And I was like, I kind of looked at him and said, long ago when I thought it was fancy, there was a time in my life when I would drink Corona beer. I was like, now, no. <laughs> and so I had to explain to him. I mean, he's, he's too young to understand, you know, much about beer, about beer but had to explain to him there's, um, there's just some things dad doesn't do. <laughs> some beers I won't go, some places I won't go there. Here's a little behind the scenes for you guys. If you, if you go look on our YouTube channel at how there's, there's a small video on how we created the intro to the old microbrew videos, not the microbrew podcast, but for the uninitiated, we used to do a YouTube series called the microbrew. And I show how I make the beer green and I used Corona way yeah. back in the day. Cause I figured just, you know, a little, uh, blue food coloring and a yellow beer would turn it green and it worked. Uh, that's, so, that's a good use nice. for Corona. And so, cool. yeah, I mean, that's, it was the, it was really, and then I had to flatten it. So when we poured it, it didn't foam up, and then I drank it at the end, a flat Corona, just to be funny, and it was it was really bad. The good news is they, they usually come pretty flat anyways. But. Yeah, well, you can still check that out. It's still on our YouTube channel. True story. So, uh, well, hey, look, I, I've got I've got the Temptress. I, I got a um, – who makes it? Lakewood Brewing. It's an Imperial Milk Stout. I think, I think we've – yeah, we've had it on the show before, and it's yeah, we have. rather tasty. It's, it's a good way to start this show. Proper Brown, how about yourself? 
Um, I don't have a brew tonight, but I do have my traditional Topo Chico. I guess I'm I'm trying to stay hydrated, right? That's part of being healthy, right? Yeah, stay yeah. stay hydrated. So that works. It, I w- is, I wouldn't know how to stay healthy. <laughs> is that Topo Chico lime? Okay. Indeed, it is. Okay, yeah, I love Topo Chico lime. My son and I. Um, that's a treat for us when we see it at the grocery store. He's always. That's our favorite one. We we went to Sam's and they have a giant like thirty six pack of it. We didn't do that because we didn't figure we could fit that much stuff in our fridge. But uh, we were tempted. That's a lot of Topo Chico yeah. lime. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid of how fast we can go through that. Just Brian, you got any brew tonight? I, I'm drinking Blue Moon tonight. It's kind of oh. my my refrigerator beer for when I'm not hosting people. And since I haven't had anybody over in a long time, um, <laughs> this is kind of my my you know what when I when I'm at home and I'm just wearing my undies and tank tops, I drink Blue Moon. So hey, well, it's good. You're uh, not wearing pants right now, are you? <laughs> <laughs> you told, we'll never know. We all said we weren't wearing pants. I thought you know, I gotta are y'all wearing pants? Yeah. I look anytime I can go without the leg prisons, I'm I'm all about it. <laughs> so uh all right, guess what? I I know there's gaming's been very, very different for us. Before we jump into our main topic, um have you guys been able to get any gaming in with the family? I know we've there's been a little bit uh, that we've messaged back and forth, uh, some things we've done. I know, uh, Proper Brian, you were telling us about some stuff you did with your family. We've been playing through a campaign of Mice and Mystics for a while, and uh, we finally wrapped it up. It was this last weekend. We, we finally took out the Evil Queen Venestra. So the twins have been playing through this whole thing with me. And then uh, these last few games, Asher, my almost five-year-old, joined in and and took a character and man they've had so much fun with this uh they wanted to go straight into the next uh chapters of it and i'm like yes i want to but let's let's play something else first <laughs> so uh, we're gonna probably jump to stuff fables next then after that maybe we'll go back to my semistics but maybe we'll go to imperial assault oh hey the, i know that and they like star wars right oh yeah they love it yeah all right you're raising them right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, man, the Master Mystics campaign story-wise is so great, but the uh, the stuff Fables mechanics are way better. I think uh, as a, as a gamer and a dad, you'll probably appreciate the uh, mechanics, the dice rolling, and the way you use the dice for actions uh, are are really good. Is really good. Well, I want to send a shout out to one of our one of my my friends and one of our listeners actually, uh, Scott. He loaned me his copy of Stuff Fables. All the minis are painted up really nice. Oh, wow. And so uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Fancy. Mm. Well, uh, just Brian, how about yourself? You got any gaming in? Aside from just the the stuff that we're probably going to talk about later this episode, my family has gamed um, with our family time, with our extra family time. Uh, We've thrown in some Colt Express with the kids. Mm, mm. Um, Yeah, really, really good times (laughs) with Colt Express. And I'm trying to remember. Oh, we played some Forbidden Island the other night, Ooh, and good game. totally ate it. Like just lost outright. But um, the kids were—they really enjoyed the suspense and the tension. They—they they, you can see them get all squirmy when we, when it feels like we're gonna lose or we do so cool. And I just love seeing them like wiggle around, getting excited about these games and 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 smiling through kind of the suspense. Um, I will say is in um, my son. My five-year-old son is really 
show me that he really, even though he doesn't obey rules at home and can't remember anything that I tell him, he can remember all the rules to these games. <laughs> He's become like a little, little um, rules lawyer. Lawyer, yeah, for the games. Yeah. And it's been kind of blowing me away because um, I've always kind of said, you know, you're too young for these games. We started letting him be my teammate. And then I noticed while he's my teammate, he's really making sure everybody's doing their thing. So I've cut him loose. We're basically letting him play the same games my older kids are playing. And he gets them. He doesn't always understand the strategy and why he's doing yeah. it. But he, but the mechanic, mechanically, he probably has it down better than anybody. I'm, I'm really enjoying watching him kind of grow into that, see kind of where that develops as he gets more experience, you know. Yeah, my almost five-year-old, he didn't, like when he's playing Mice and Mystics with us, he doesn't completely understand exactly what's happening in the game strategy-wise. But, it, man, he's got, he's like, he's like, I need to roll this many dice, and I need to do this. And, I, you know, he, he understands those mechanics. It's really cool to see him do that. What's your show, Shuck? Have you, have you been able to get a little gaming in with the kids or anything? Yeah, my daughter and I have played some Villainous. Um, oh, oh yeah, a, very cool. It's a pretty neat game. So a friend of mine, I haven't talked to him in years actually he's been doing these live check-ins on facebook uh you know with all the people at home just trying to keep everybody together and so he mentioned that his family really liked villainous and i was like oh, yeah, i need to play that and so we went and played it and man we need to play some more it's it was actually a really tight game it came within like one turn of each other winning it could have gone either way uh, it only lasts about an hour didn't overstay its welcome i was i was really impressed and so we want to play all the different characters now. We haven't, yeah, there's a lot to go through. Well, what you were telling us about it um, on, on a group chat we have, when you're showing us some pictures of it, and then you were kind of telling us, like, it doesn't overstay its welcome, it plays in a good play time. And that's your first play, too. So, I mean, hypothetically, you can even get your play down to under an hour, right? Um, yeah, and, and what's know? nice is the rules the, are, are fairly simplistic. Uh, the iconography might – if it weren't for the text on the cards themselves, my son probably could play because the iconography is pretty easy. Um, but you get a little like rules packet for each character, and it's it's got just a couple paragraphs because they're it's it's all asymmetrical, and so they it'll tell that person how to play, and then you can look at a thing that gives a very very brief description of what they're trying to do, so you can kind of get in their way a little bit. But so fun. that one. Kids do need to be able to read some, somewhat, right? Yeah, because there are cards uh, okay. that have abilities and powers that you need to be able to use uh, to play on other people and on your board. Okay. Well, I mean, it's good. It's good to know because you know we may have someone, someone out there. Because um, I know theme wise, I mean, it's right up the alley well, for the kids and adults who doesn't like Disney, you know. Well, and, and I, I got it. It's been on my radar for a while just because I thought the pieces were really cool. It's like these these abstract uh, representation of these Disney characters that you know so well. I always thought that was cool. And so I got it kind of because of that, but also kind of because I like Disney. I'm kind of waiting for the new one to come out. It's supposed to have like Cruella de Vil and, and, and the, the Steamboat Pete. Oh, so like not old black yeah. and white. I want to play him. And I hope it's black and white. I hope his character. It is card. black and white. Okay. The well, whole thing. Cool. Okay. I'm, your I'm, favorite, I'm playing that dude. Who's your favorite villain to play at this point? Uh, well, I started with Yzma. Uh, she was pretty fun. Uh, I haven't played any others at this point. My daughter's been oh. bugging me, but we've been kind of busy uh, with I'm working from home. And gotcha. Then when I'm done with work, then I got to do the schooling that we have to do with yeah. my kids. And so um, I may try to see if after Villainous, this, Villainous doesn't have anything to do with school. It sounds like it could be part of a, I don't know, history lesson. 
or something. <laughs> yeah, let's, history let's of Disney. To do. Yeah, history yeah. of Disney. Maybe yeah. a humanities class. I don't know. So it's a <laughs> so, it's a film history class, right? Yeah, that's there, right. There, there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah. I, awesome. I, I did enjoy uh, Isma. If you don't know who Isma is, that's the, the Emperor's New Groove. Uh, it's the so you're always playing the villain. It's for people who don't know. I want when this is when when we're able to hang out again together, in person. I want to see your copy. Uh, I want to see the art, and I'd love to play the game. Uh, Gary, we so. all got to see you play Space Hulk with yeah. Atticus. Oh, yeah. Um, so what else has been going on? Because I know you've you've actually gotten some some pretty serious gaming in with your kids feel i feel kind of odd because and if you referencing back to our our last podcast where we were talking about gaming and family i had mentioned that um sometimes you know with teens and chuck can can speak to this assuming that let's just assume the time is there which that that isn't always the case but right now it is i might we, they might want to game with dad for a week and then there'll be a week where they don't want to but lately we're stuck at home uh, dad comes home. It's something different. It's, you know, they've, they've got their schoolwork done. We can hang out. So I've got, I've got a couple plays of Space Hulk, some Pathfinder Adventure card game, uh, the core set. And I, I really love that one, uh, playing that with my daughter, Grace. I actually went ahead and I found a really good deal on, um, and I, this is completely the opposite of where I usually go, but Warhammer Quest, uh, Blackstone Fortress, which is a dungeon crawler uh, by Games Workshop set in their kind of 40K universe. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that universe per se, but like things like Space Hulk, it's 40K, but it's not oozing that theme. It's, it, it feels like just a really tight um, sci-fi game. And so the Blackstone Fortress, they've kind of, it seems like they're using that to kind of throw together all these little disparate elements that like apparently factions and stuff that you don't normally see. And so, and all that to say, um, it's fun. I like the, the use, much like Stuff Fables, you use, Everyone rolls dice, and then they use dice of varying values for uh, for actions. And uh, man, we the first game we played, we got our butts kicked. Uh, we had an ambush, our first combat, and we had to uh, limp back to home base. And then the second expedition we had was uh, was awesome. And the game's got a cool element where you can pause in the middle of an expedition as long as you finish that combat or finish that challenge you're on. There's there's combat or challenge cards that require you to, generally speaking, roll a check your uh, attribute or whatnot kind of standard dungeon crawl stuff but you can kind of just put everyone in these little special fancy ziploc bags and you put them all you kind of storm a certain way then you get it back out and you're like all right we're in the middle of that expedition uh let's finish and so it's it's been awesome so i I feel like i feel odd because i don't know if you guys feel this way but i'm like getting more gaming in and I see all these people not having fun, and I'm like, well, it's a good time to be a gamer right now. If you've got games in a family at home. For those know. of us that are introverts. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, Chuck. So it's like, well, let's see. I've spent all these years building an amazing game library, and I have kids. And like you are saying, Ed, we'd, we'd rather spend – some of us would rather stay at home anyways. Um, okay, it's not so bad, you know. So, yeah, I've been weathering things all right with, with some amazing games. So maybe we can get like a, a game day where we all just kind of bring some of these games in. Uh, wouldn't that be a great way, like, kind of to catch yeah. up, hopefully? Yeah, celebrate getting out after all this is over. Yeah, maybe we can get our families <laughs> together or something. We'll, we'll figure something out. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the main topic for this episode, which is um, gaming from afar. We'll talk, touch on a couple um, kind of ancillary subjects as well. So, Baylor will be talking about board game apps. We'll talk some about some companion apps as well. And then we'll also talk about a few ways that 
you know, websites or other ways in which we we've been able to game with people but we're kind of going to break it down into kind of where, where we were on this like say previously before we kind of is gaming from afar was a bigger deal in our lives right pre-quarantine so, yeah pre-quarantine okay let's, let's break it down into pre-quarantine you know pq and aq right so um pre-quarantine kind of what were your thoughts on apps did you like to play board game apps did you use things like board game arena or bodysu.net um kind of what what are your thoughts on that what were your thoughts on this kind of stuff uh, can i start yeah start man by all means so my first experience with a board game app was the carcassonne app that they released a long time ago on the i guess it was the iphone and the ipad and stuff like that and that first experience i had was amazing yeah that was a good app right they even had like a little puzzle uh like solo puzzle thing in that app yeah yeah and the ai was good and the online play was really good and so like my first experience with apps and like like long distance gaming was actually like i have i had great hope for like the future of this and then like the more apps that i played and stuff like that the the less interested i was in doing it um I, i'll still play that carcassonne app because i i feel like it really feels like you're playing the game like there's there's almost a tactile nature to the way like when you pick mm -hmm. up the tiles when you put them down there's like a little clicky sound that sounds just like when you put it on a table stuff like that but uh they did a really so it's well really designed good job. yeah really interface. well designed and so after that after i played that i was just i was very like excited about uh the possibilities and then after that i was kind of let down <laughs> have you played the new carcassonne app um, I, I still have the old one i have not played the new one i don't know if, if i've played the new one or not. yeah they completely the redid it like a year or two ago okay i think the the newer one is the one i played where uh, a gentleman insisted on playing with double the tiles and um, oh. that, that got really interesting i mean i like carcassonne but i didn't want to play double tile carcassonne i just wanted to play regular tile carcassonne yeah but um, but the 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 breadth of options on it was was impressive. I I would say much like yourself, my first experience with board game apps was more like um, yeah. I basically, I liked some games and and I didn't have a very big collection and I wanted to try to. I actually used them as a learning tool. And I was going to ask you guys about mm. this if if you think that apps are a good learning tool. So I had some games I liked. Um, and I thought, well, you know, I really want to learn how to play that game better. Like, for example, uh, I had gotten Mahavra and I played it once, kind of stumbled through it. And at that time, man, that game was really hard for me to learn. Although looking back at it now, it's, it's actually pretty great rules and whatnot. But anyways, I had the app. And I used a tutorial on the app to kind of teach myself how to play. And so the next time I went to go try to play, it was actually with my kids, which was, was a disaster. But um, it was easier for me, at least, to understand and grok the rules. So that was part of like why I would initially get into games is of uh, the, the apps version of the game is, man, I kind of want to learn how to play and I might have a good tutorial. So have you guys used any of any apps for that reason? I, I'd say yes and no. Uh, yes. Cause it would get you into the flow of an, of a game, uh, how it plays and kind of the structure, but no, because the upkeep, you don't learn how to do any of that. It, it does yeah. it all for you and you kind of miss oh, out on it. I think that's, point. That was exactly my experience, and the the game that that hit me on that was Lahav, the one that you were talking about, Gary. I remember that was the next game I got after the Carcassonne app, and I was really excited to learn it with that because I was thinking it would be a great way to do it. And I don't think I ever learned that game from the app. I never understood what was happening because the 
like it was doing all the upkeep for me and I didn't, I didn't know, I mean, it, it wasn't clear what was happening. Um, I'm sure you could, I'm sure you could learn it that way. But for me and the other part of about apps and games online that I found is that an app is something that I want to pick up for like two minutes, you know, or less. And so it's hard for me to pick it up and, and spend the 30 minutes or so that it would take to play the game on it. And so I never quite, you know, got, I mean, I got through a game, but it, but by the time I would come back to it, I would have forgotten what was going on. And it was, uh, it just wasn't ideal for me. Like whenever I sit down to learn a game, I'm sitting down at a table with time set aside to play for a couple hours at least to learn it. And that didn't ever happen for me with a, with an app. It's fascinating that we had such fundamentally different uh, experiences with that app. I think mine was different because I had, read through the rule book and tried to play a physical copy. And so I kind of could grasp what was going on. Um, so for me, the advantage was I kind of already had the base rules. I just not having to perform the upkeep. Let me focus on strategy and figuring out how, how the flow of the game worked. So maybe that's why I had a better experience with that, but I can totally get that. And I think Chuck, did you tell me you tried that game, that app as well? Uh, I have not played that app. I've okay. not actually played that game. The uh, where I noticed it the most was when we played uh, Penny Press online uh, on the board game arena. Yeah, like that game completely lost all of its like um, what, what's the word like allure uh, the its character because all like a lot of the game is moving pieces around and it's this whole Tetrisy feel of your board and when you played online it just kind of did it. Yeah. And and the game went by super fast. It was like 20 minutes. And normally that game takes maybe 45 minutes to an hour. And I just, I did not enjoy that particular game online as much as I do in person. Something about moving the bits around for some games just is better. And, yeah. and having the computer do it was not satisfying. That makes sense. I know, just Brian, I know you've kind of had, you and I have talked about, um, I think you've talked on the podcast before, about and this isn't an app per se, but this the same kind of phenomena on, in in that you were talking about Concordia, right? Concordia, in when you play in, in person, your score is kind of obscured, right? Uh, yeah, and you're saying, yeah, you're saying when you play online, that yeah, score, it's it's, yeah. it's the particular implementation online though that they that they have up there. It's the it's the one on Boitajur.net, and okay. they it, the scoring is not obfuscated. I think Shuck played with us at one time. And there's like a lot of, there's a lot of min-maxing going on. There's a lot of um, paying a lot more attention to the um, the metrics during play. Yeah. And I really felt like the spirit of that game doesn't consider met in-game metrics as much, and that's that's not the motivation for play in that game. So, so yeah, I didn't. That's the only time I've played that game was online, and I didn't enjoy that. Now, yeah. now there are some games. Um, and, and I guess that had it a little bit too, but like in uh, uh, Signori, it has um, where you can hover over parts of the game. Right. And that actually helps a lot when you're yeah. playing because you can hover over something. It'll tell you real quick what it is. You don't have to go to a reference book. Right. That part I do like a lot of times, especially for that one. So I will say like I've learned a lot of games. So, I mean, if we're kind of talking about like the online play and we're still kind of in the, the pre-quarantine era, uh, there's a lot of games I've learned with what you're, exactly what you're talking about, Chuck. Uh, complex games, uh, games that I didn't understand the first time I played them with you guys, and then I, we played an online version of it. And 
the rules you hover over a piece. It tells you when you can play it. Yeah. It tells you what that piece does. Castles of Burgundy has a reference in the physical copy. Well, guess what? On the on the uh, online version, you just hover over the tile. Yeah. It tells you exactly what it does. And it just it made it so, I don't know, I guess like learner-friendly. But you have to, I think, already have that inclination that that you're going in, you're okay with playing this game over the next couple of days when you can take your turn. And that, there's some disconnect for some people. Fortunately for me, it's kind of fun to sit there and think about my next turn for an hour yeah. and um, while I'm working. And then when I get my lunch, I go and I make the move, that that perfect move that I've been waiting you know, to make. So there's yeah. some anticipation. There. It's a different kind of gaming for sure. You have to have a different expectation going into it. I, I think – I think the part that I don't like is when it just automatically calculates a score and you don't learn how to play a game when it's doing all the calculations. That's where I have the disconnect. Right. That's a good point. There are times where that's good. Um, some, some of my, my fun with apps or the, my experience with, with app games. And I think back to like some, some of the earlier games that I, I would, I've played on iOS, which would be like um, Lords of Waterdeep has actually an an excellent implementation in Agricola. I think because by the time I got to playing those apps, I knew the games very well. And so the upkeep wasn't as big a deal. I mean, I knew how to do the upkeep. So not doing it didn't bother me. I mean, basically I could follow what was happening really, really, you know, there's not a lot of, um, that wasn't killing anything for me. And for, in fact, the challenge of, trying to solo mode and trying to see if I could, you know, rack up the best score or whatnot. I think for me in the past, when I would play apps on my phone or whatnot, well, if I used a companion app when I was playing a game, that would be the exception. But generally speaking, any gaming I did say like on an app form on a phone was always by myself. I, I don't think I've ever actually played multiplayer with anyone I know. I've done a couple patchwork games against people who just beat the tar out of me. So for me, that was mostly like like a solitaire puzzle, right? I don't know about for you guys. Did you do a lot of multiplayer gaming on apps? That's it, though. I, I didn't. And and even like in our online gaming, it's always against a person. And that's kind of my issue with like straight up apps. We are not talking about like online gaming, but just straight up apps is I don't enjoy playing AI. There's something about having a human element on the other side of the move that that excites me that I enjoy whether I know the person or not but if I if I know it's just an algorithm or logarithm whatever we call it it's it's not it's not really it doesn't really excite me and that's why I never I wanted to get really good at chess and play against computers playing chess so I can get good at it and I could never motivate myself to do it I'd rather play against a human opponent yeah I I agree with that there there was a time where I was downloading a lot of apps uh I wouldn't really pay full price. I'd always find like the, you know, the deal on them where you could get an, a game for a dollar or something. Yeah, me too. And so uh, I tried out several games in that manner um, and found out that I didn't like them. And I don't know if that's because I just don't like the non-interaction aspect to it or if I just didn't like the game. Yeah. But um, the, I, I find that I, I enjoy the apps better. There are a few that I still have on my phone. Uh, I think games that play well solitaire are pretty decent apps like i've played oniram probably over 200 times on my mm, phone i i need a second uh, that one oniram is is fantastic as an app i've also played ticket to ride i think is pretty good even the a on that one's not too bad and you can play other players there my office mate and i would play each other uh occasionally through work you know we'd take a, a turn or something wait a little bit and take another turn when we needed a break from work splendor's not too bad but i got a little bored with it 
Um, do um, Onitama as a pass and play. So like, I don't play the computer on it, but if my, you know, we're at the movie theater or at dinner and we want to look at our phones, we'll throw up Onitama and we'll just pass the phone around, you know, and play back and forth. And that's fun because that's pretty cool. it's, it's a, it's a pretty app and it's a game that's pretty simple and I get the human element and we just, you know, it, it doesn't take away from the conversation or whatever else we're doing. I've done that with Small World uh, is a pretty good pass and play. I don't like it too much by itself. but Right. Well, speaking about having that human interaction, so what, do, what, are you, what is your experience in the past using apps and, and like the companion apps? So say the Descent app, the Imperial Assault app, Gloomhaven the app, or like a score tracker app. Um, I do, I mean, I have in the past found... Um, I feel I like those it. are very different animals. Like what you're yeah. talking, like <laughs> with the companion apps. There are games that require the app. There are games that yeah. um, do the scoring for you. You know, and I don't. Yeah. Know, there's games that are. There's apps that are just timers. Yeah, and I think that they're all a little bit different animal. Um, I don't mind the apps that are like the games. The apps that are like um, timers or that help with score. I think those are just kind of a, a just like a helper and a side. But, it's usually um, some kind of fan project yeah. too. Somebody really loves this game and they threw through a scoring yeah you know uve rosenberg thing together he honestly you should have an uve rosenberg package app where you basically take all his games with the score pad and you (laughs) make score pads for everybody on an app so that that helps just kind of speed up the game i don't think uh so i guess that you know i don't do you guys have any thoughts on those do you use those um Uh, i use the timer i use the timer for um five minute dungeon uh, because it was created by the creators on the Facebook campaign, or the not the face the Kickstarter campaign. They made it, and they have all these voice actors that they did, and it's it's fun and 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 whatnot. It's unnecessary. You could put a timer on your phone, but in fact, we're gonna um, de- we're gonna upload on our website a Pub Meeple one. I just, oh. des- I just decided. Okay. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be me just saying the time. Yeah, <laughs> just gonna count down the seconds. It's just gonna be me doing it. Uh, <laughs> total silence and me just counting the seconds. Well, I think companion apps, I think I, I think of two different um, extremes. So the Imperial Assault companion app is great. I've played a campaign, most of a campaign using that app. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. And then in our Gloomhaven campaign, we tried to use a companion app and we actually, after one, was it one session? We were yep. like, no, 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 no. We in, in a highly, yeah, and this is an app. It's the, it's the um, Dungeon Master tracker it's a highly regarded app is it not oh yeah a lot of people love it it's free and it's very well done so nothing against the nothing against the creation of it itself but after playing hands-on for as long as we did and we have other things we don't do the fiddly tokens we we use dice to track hit points so we have our own little system that's a little less fiddly than the than what's in the box but we did notice that even with that we didn't feel like we had as much understanding of what was going on because as you said before the app did so much for us so much of that upkeep for us that without flipping that card over having to read it you know instead we're clicking around on the screen trying to figure out what's happening yeah. it just took a little bit it took us out of the game a little bit more than we wanted and uh, we wanted it, it it kind of ruined the immersion for us um, i think that's a good description is it takes you out of the game that was the experience i had with mansions of madness yeah. i did not oh like man. I, I don't like a game where the narration is done through the app and then you have to click through all the pieces and parts. Mm-hmm. I want to do that with the pieces on the board. Like I want to touch it. And See, but with the Descent and the Imperial Assault app, I felt like that was different. And I don't know why. Yeah. I watched y'all play Mansions of Madness. I know it wasn't really your deal. And I think maybe I would have had a less problem with it. I didn't play it. But I've had a great experience with the with the Descent 
Imperial Assault apps. And Because uh, when you interact with the app, though, you're using pieces from the game, you're rolling dice, you're still doing things, and then inputting that into the, the app. I feel that's what... I don't know that... Did Magic Madness not do it that way? Didn't they, I, didn't they use I it I think in a it did. Way? I can't remember, but all I know is the implementation for Imperial Assault is phenomenal. It um, is. It's great. And it doesn't get in the way. It yeah. doesn't feel like it's in the way. Exactly. No, I think it's. I think it's great. Um, those are probably my the only two apps that I that I that I have to be honest. Yeah. The uh, the only apps that I've really played with in games, I would call them more of the app driven games. It's like uh, XCOM uh, or Unlock uh, games like that. Where uh, I've done I've done Unlock. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. So it acts like a timer for you, right? Yeah. But then it also has some of the more complex elements of the game built into it like a keypad and stuff like that that you really can't do with you know with cards and stuff that yeah so some some of the logic of the game is built into that but it felt more like it was just the thing that was keeping you on track on on the on the time uh for you know you have 60 minutes to complete it almost felt like so it's like a deck of cards and the app the phone or whatever you're using almost feels like a Another piece, another card to the side that you can interact with. Right. Yeah. So in XCOM, uh, it's kind of an app-driven game too, where the app, uh, like you have, it knows like kind of the state of the game, but it's telling you like there's two different phases of the game. The phase where like you're making decisions and then a phase where uh, you see the result of those decisions. So like the this phase where you're making the decisions is all timed. And so there's one player who acts kind of like as the administrator of this. And they're like, okay, uh, scientists, you do this now. And then they have to like make their decisions and do their things. And, uh, and then after that time is up, you kind of have this phase where you're resolving what happened through, you know, through all that. So it was, uh, I, I liked it. I like it. It's fun. Um, I don't necessarily, I like the game a whole lot. Yeah. Um, it's Okay. But I, f- I feel like as far as the app goes, it, it does a really good job of kind of driving that tension and keeping the game flowing. I felt like when I looked into that game, because I love the XCOM computer games when I was younger. When I looked into the board game, I f- it looked like it was a phenomenal app for a mediocre game um, is what I kind of – and then, when, granted, I haven't played it, but it just seemed like the actual what you're actually doing for the – physically didn't seem – didn't really draw me in but the the app implementation looked like it was phenomenal for that it was a little too swingy for me it's been a while since i looked into that game but what i remember was uh, it it looked like the app was almost forced on the game like they were trying too hard to make it an app game Mm. when it probably didn't need it um so it's more of a timer right it's it's keeping you on like for that timed phase. It's just a timer for like how much time you have to do X action, you know. But it's trying to make it so that you have like a timed game and then the resolution of that. I guess. Hmm. Well, I guess taking this conversation back to um, now, let's just say. Actually, I want to take this conversation back to just not to interrupt you, but to also to interrupt you. I want to take this conversation all the way back to 1993. This is the first app-driven game I ever played back when apps were video cassettes. And it was the Star (laughs) Trek, the next generation interactive VCR board game. Where you basically put the tape in the VCR and a Klingon come up on screen and would tell you, you only have this much time to save the Enterprise. 
Did you all play that? It's it's a five point seven on BGG. That's a high rating, in my opinion. <laughs> you mean nope. a high rating for that game or a high or <laughs> for that? <laughs> no, that you don't play five seven games. What are you no. some kind of board game snob? <laughs> Probably. Anyway, no. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm a beer snob and a board game snob. <laughs> Seriously though, would, uh, I know we're talking about timers, and it, it just got me thinking about this 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 cheesy board game I used to play when I was a kid where you, you had to save the enterprise going through Jeffrey's tubes uh, as a Klingon somehow got control of the bridge. They only had one actor for the whole VCR tape, and they, but, they, but I guess they got the, the enterprise um, set to film on and, and they sold it. So it was great. Yeah. Yeah. To, to so. piggyback, to piggyback off that a little bit, and it's not as big of a factor for me, but a little bit of a factor having these things being obsolete at some point. I mean, like, obviously, we are not watching VHS tapes anymore. I assume that apps. I still on have my gonna... forehead cleaner, oh. just in case. I <laughs> just in case I had to break out of VHS because it's collected so much dust. I I assume that that phone apps are going to last a while, but at at what point do they? What what always has worried me about a game that relies heavily on an app, uh, is what happens when they stop supporting that app. Right, iPhone like when 58 comes out and they, that app's no longer. Yeah, yeah. Well, or it's, a, it's a decision where oh, we're not selling this game, we're not produ- producing this game anymore. I don't really want to put the time and effort and money into updating an app, yeah. and that's what has always bought. I know that I, we've compared this to before in the past on the sh- on the podcast. You know, you buy a game and we compare it to going out to the movies, right? Yeah. You 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 pay 40, 50 bucks to take a whole family out to the movies. You pay 40, 50 bucks to buy a nice game and you play it a couple of times. So that aspect of it, if the app becomes obsolete and you got enough play in and uh, into the game, then, you know, maybe it's not really a big deal, but it just it bothers me for some How reason. How many games do you, can you think of that require the app? Managers of Madness is one. Quite a few. XCOM. XCOM, but you said it's mostly a timer. Could you possibly play it without the app? Um, I'm sure you could rig up some way to do it. It's a very fancy timer. I think that's definitely a concern with the apps. Um, you know, if at some, like you said, Chuck, at some point, granted, yeah, maybe if you got your 20 or 30 plays in, maybe that's fine. But I still like the fact that even board game that I played twice and put up on the shelf. If I want to get it out now, if it doesn't require an app, there's nothing stopping me from it. Whereas with the app, if I have to update the app or it's no longer compatible. It doesn't seem like they're really making a lot of those anymore either. Like they kind of, that trend kind of went away maybe. It's still there, but I think they're doing it a little bit more smartly. There's a, um, there's a detective game out that has an app, but apparently it's a phenomenal app. I have I don't know I haven't played it but you know they are still making a few of them yeah it's it's less of I think it's less of a fad now. I remember one that I watched on a review where it was uh, your phone was a ship and so you would mm, put the yeah. app on it. The world and the of phone Yoho? would move. Was that I I don't remember what the name. I think was that's what there. it was called. But you put the you put the phone on the board and you would move it around and my thought was always well, what. What if someone like calls you or texts you or your phone dies and yeah. like, now you can't use part of the airplane game. mode, buddy? Airplane mode. <laughs> <laughs> to avoid the embarrassing text, you know, yeah, airplane mode. So I guess shifting kind of into um into like online gaming websites or actually playing digital like versions of games online. 
other than the apps? You know, what, what is your experience to that? I know in the, we've done some of that in the past. I like just, what are you, like, are you doing a lot of that now? Are you doing more apps? Are you doing a lot of, we're talking um, about after quarantine, during yeah, quarantine. Like, so now moder- like current, currently, like, are you, are you playing a lot more on board game arena or, or Bajou or um, board game core? I know that's where we, we played a couple. Um, we played food chain magnet, right? I, I would, but I'm yeah. waiting for my friend to take a move. You know, we sorry about that. We should. Totally, uh, I'll abandon the game. I'll take the hit, and then that way we can just start our own game back up. Because I was really looking forward to playing Russian Railroads. Yeah, me too. I, I got me all too. psyched. About two the days. problem, yeah, it's it, the, yeah, that's not his fault completely. I sh- I probably shouldn't have, you know, forced one of my buddies to jump into our game. Well, but uh, I mean, but that does we laugh about it, but that does bring up something about. Yeah, absolutely. Right, those, that brings up part of the conversation. Um, we we are when you play asynchronously, you're kind of you're kind of agreeing. You got this social agreement to do a thing, and then you also have to be understanding when life happens and and things happen yeah. and people can't really participate. On the flip side of that, it does let you play those games that maybe you wouldn't be able to get in, or let's just like you said, you alluded to before. Hey, I'm going to play on my lunch hour and play a couple of turns, and then when we get home, maybe we'll play a couple of turns. I know we've had games you and I in, in in fact, uh, just Brian, where we played them over like a day, right? And I, and actually, I think of one a Signori game with Shuck, Shuck, proper Brian and myself. I'm sorry, just Brian and myself. Not me. We're, yeah, we're in a game and we played it like uh, asynchronously for most of a couple of days. And that last last few turns, we were like, we were oh, messaging man, we, back and forth. Yeah, we were so involved, like we were all right at our phone waiting for the game to end. <laughs> The thing about those games, though, is that there was still a lot of human interaction, and and I really feel like, kind of going back to our previous point, yeah, you know, that there was a human on the other side, and we weren't just playing against them, but we were also talking either through text or through the chat, which, by the way, I want to say Board Game Arena chat is so much like AOL chat. Yeah. Like, it's such a super callback. It's so much fun. You're like, hey, you know, and you're AOL chatting people. So, um, it's a great. I wanted to say before we move on from signory that is a game that i started playing online that actually brought me to buying the physical copy of the game i enjoyed it enough as an online experience to really like the game in person i haven't played my physical copy yet but i think if you can play it and try it out online and and really you know if the game's on there it's a great way to learn a game and to see if you like it with very little risk to to picking up you know an expensive game or one that might be really hard to pick up. Um, so Russian Railroads, that's the only way I can play it unless I we, we you know rope Gary into a game night and decide this is the game we want to do. It's the only way. And yeah. for a lot of people who don't have even that option, well, now you can go online. You can, you can play Russian Railroads, see if you like it. And then if you love it so much, you want to buy it aftermarket, fine. For like three times the price. That's fine though. I mean, that, that's it, it. That has a value that some people may appreciate. But how are they going to know unless they actually try it sure. out first? That's a big advantage of it. I I thought I'd be playing more games online. I've I've because I've been playing some with my kids. I've I've kind of shot. I haven't done as much of that lately. But I definitely it's been in the discussion. We've got like a friend, some of our gaming group. Um, you know, we we've added each other's friends on on a side or two. And so, you know, if we haven't done it yet, I think we're kind of planning to. I know we've been trying to get into some games with uh, with Way. You know, I, I do think it, it's nice to have that option there. I, I like it better than an app, even though it doesn't give me that tactile feel that, that Proper Brown was talking about earlier. I 
I still enjoy that tactile feel, but it, it's the closest thing to it. You know, so for me, I'd rather play on Board Game Arena than an app, even though the app's pretty and shiny and has cool animations. For whatever reason, Board Game Arena seems that, or or Bataju or, or any of those. So I feel like I'm kind of the odd man out in this conversation in that almost all of the experiences that you guys have had with this, I've had the opposite. Some of the things that I really enjoy about playing games is the table talk and physically moving the pieces. But here's the thing, I'll, and I'll tease this. I feel like hearing y'all talk about it, I know a little bit why now. What like, about AOL chat, though? If you had AOL chat, would that help? No. Oh, okay. Somewhat awkwardly. <laughs> no, it's, okay. it's, it's a very inherently like social thing for me. It's the way I socialize. I tend to not want to do social engagements, but I will, you know, over a board game. I think there's a reason though for that. I think there's an intimacy. I think that's kind of what, where it gets to is where we may not be socially extroverted or want to be around a lot of people. We do value intimacy in play intimacy and, and brother, you know, fellowship or brotherhood and those kind of things. And you feel disconnected online. I do. And that, I think, I I think I, I figured out a little bit of the other part. So the other part about it is, is I never, when I'm playing, when I've played online games with you guys before, I felt lost in the game. You've, like I would, you've mentioned that you mentioned that like you get disconnected from turn to turn. Like yeah, so I, I I would log in. I'm like I don't remember what happened last. I don't know who did what right before me. It's not clear to me, and so I don't know what to do. But what you something you said earlier, just Brian, is that you know you kind of anticipate your turn and you're thinking about it a lot. Usually by the time I log out of the app, it's out of my brain until. I log back into it. And so I'm not thinking about it. I'm not, I don't get back on it and look at the state of the game to try to figure out what I'm going to do next. No, I got, I got one of those clear CSI whiteboards where I map out all of my, I, I'm, I'm doing some serious. Strategizing. Uh, yeah. It's it. I got pictures of all you guys with strings going from push pin to push pin. But I think that's part of my problem is I'm not thinking about the game. And so like whenever it's on the table in front of me, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Right. I totally get that. So when when you're physically looking at the board and ostensibly your turn is only a minute or two away, right? You're you're not waiting. It's not asynchronous really. You know, you're you're watching other players, you're watching what they're doing, you're watching the social cues, you're actively engaged when you're physically there. When when you're watching a screen, you're you know, when you're waiting for when you're waiting for the refresh. Where I'm like, oh, I hope, you know, I, I know the move I'm going to use to destroy Just Brian. I'm just waiting for him to make the, the foolish move he's going to make before I make my brilliant move, right? You, there's a disconnect. I might be checking my email, right? I might be doing something else where when you're physically there, you have the capacity to be fully in that game. And I do think no matter what you do, what in digital implementation you use, it's difficult. Although I would say, have you guys played much on Tabletopia or uh, Board Game Simulator on Steam? No. I've goofed with Tabletopia a bit. It it was a little. It's a little clunkier for me. I almost prefer being able to have a system that makes you follow the rules on yeah. the apps than just kind of an open simulation space where I can drop this thing kind of kind of clumsily anywhere that it may or may not drop. I would agree. I will say. I played one full game on Tabletopia, and it was it was a game of Vinos with, with the guy who taught me how to play the game, and that was a good experience. But other experiences I've had with it have been tough because you think by actually physically moving the pieces, and it's the same for Tabletop Simulator. I, I tried to load up a module there because I was all excited. I was like, I'm going to go get just Brian to get a copy of this, and 
We're going to play uh, Assassin Orm Execution Force, which is a, a cool kind of stealth yeah. stealth crawler. And and I loaded it up, and the pieces look beautiful. It looks great. And I'm so clumsy in, in interacting with it. I couldn't put the tiles where I wanted to and whatnot. So in their attempt to simulate the, the tactile feel of having to drag things around a board, that's great. I know a lot of people love tabletop simulator. I have yet to teach myself to get over that. Um, I, I struggle with the interface. I struggle with figuring out how to learn, how to, how to use the system. So it's, for me, it's not doing what it's supposed to do, right? Which is simulate the, the, I click and drag. It's supposed to feel more like I'm dragging a piece, which is supposed to address part of, part of what proper Brian's talking about. But I don't know. I don't know if there's a perfect system for that. Cause when you go too far that other way, it's like the system's getting in the way and I prefer just clicking two clicks and I've moved a piece in board game arena. So yeah. me, I personally prefer that. They, they need to have one of those virtual reality simulators. Uh, wasn't Catan working on something like that a while back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a VR like with ha- version. With haptic gloves? <laughs> we actually feel you grabbing the piece and moving it? Now you're back in like the 80s. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. It would still be, it would still be uh, asynchronous for me. I'd have to, now I just got to put a glove on, though, whenever I take my turn. And then I go back to work, <laughs> tapping so, on my keyboard when I'm supposed to be working. Can you imagine me trying to pull that out of my desk drawer when my boss isn't walking by? I put on my VR glasses and my haptic glove so I can move the stupid little cardboard token across the table. Speaking of asynchronous, so one thing I guess struck me when we all are talking having to wait in between turns so i was thinking about that like when you're playing an actual game uh, in person uh say like a five player zaya game or something where you're sitting there waiting forever for your turn to come back and you know exactly what you want to do and you kind of you just you're waiting and waiting and waiting with nothing else to do there i get kind of annoyed because i'm there to play the game and that's the only thing i'm focused on whenever it's an asynchronous like online game I know that I can go do something else and come back to it whenever I need to. Oh, I love it. Um, I love and I love having and, the sound on when it chimes. Yes. I'm in the other room. I'm in the other room washing dishes yes. and I hear Beging, it's my turn. <laughs> and I run to the other room like a little giddy school child and I get to push the buttons that I have been planning on doing for the last 30 minutes only to find out Shuck took that spot instead. And I shake my fist in anger and I know that he's laughing on the other side of the the digital world and that is where that inner human interaction i still get that fix from that i feel like proper brian misses so uh i will say one way that i have enjoyed playing some long distance gaming rather than an app is uh recently my wife and i got to play a game of uh dominion over like uh video chat with some with a couple friend of ours that used to live here in in town but they they are they're in the military and they moved off and uh, we uh, got on FaceTime with them and uh, they have a copy of the game. I have a copy of the game and we uh, set them up, you know, exactly the same. And, and it worked great. Like we were able to, uh, to play whenever I would uh, in Dominion, whenever you buy a card, you know, you take it out of the, you put it in your deck. So when, when they would buy a card, I would take it out of my cards and just set it to the side. And, and cool. if, if we bought a card, you know, they would do the same thing. Uh, and it worked great. There are some games that would work well for that. Um, I've heard code names. Mentioned. Y'all do that. Y'all do that as a couple, like 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 double dating kind of style. Yeah, it was like a yeah, it was really like cool. a double date. That that sounds cool. Yeah. See, so th- there's a way to work around it. And you still get the tactile feel, right? Exactly. Using the technology to to connect. 
you said code names people have kind of done that kind of thing yeah so like with code names you could set up one one side of the of the video chat could set up the grid and actually take a picture of it and send it to the other side so they have it there with them instead of having to like have like a multi-camera setup kind of thing where you see each other and the board um i was thinking rolling rights would work well for something like this yeah they would as long as you have dice uh, as long as the other people have dice you don't you wouldn't even have to have a copy of the game uh, but then you could do it with stuff like uh, Pandemic, where you have a shared deck because it was just one side of the conversation would have to have kind of the source of truth deck. You know, it's like when you draw a card, you show it, you know, to the other side. There there have to be some alterations. Probably you probably have to play with open hands or something like that, but uh, it, it could still work. We did a, Gary and I did Spyfall this way. On, I was going to mention Spyfall. Yep. Yeah, there's they actually have a place online you can go. Um, just Google Spyfall online and and chase the chase the link. I have it pulled up, but uh, um, but Gary and I did that on an online chat. And since we're all kind of in the same Spyfall room, um, we all get the same information secretly on this on the yeah. online app. And it tells us it tells us you, you know you're the spy, and it tells everybody else where they are. And then you video basically the rest of it's video chat. I would say honestly, like an online version at at Board Game Arena of Coup would suck. Like just, just cause it takes that face to face bluffing interaction out Yeah, where something where a video chat, if you could somehow figure out how to manage a coup game or some kind of social, yeah. social deduction game in with a video chat, you could actually make that work where you can't make that work in a lot of these apps we've been talking about. Right. Like with coup, I want to look you in the eyes when I lie to you. Right. And That's I right. Read, I mean, I want to exactly. read your eyes, you know, I want to, some kind no, of no, no, weird I, I call bluff, you know. The fact that Coup is on Board Game Arena just blows my mind. Like, why would you want to play that way? There's really no way to read the person and to really uh, sit there and sell your yeah. sell your move. And I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, I, yeah. I think some some games trans transfer a little better than others. Definitely. So that brings me to a question I was going to ask: Do you usually use these uh, interfaces? To play a game with someone you already know or are you playing with uh strangers because i will play on my lunch hour i'll play board game arena i'll play a uh, twa or a couple other games with strangers and um i've had mixed success sometimes it feels more like a video game unless like i'm actually playing a game it doesn't feel the same as when i'm playing with you guys and we're either doing a voice chat or we're, we're texting via via skype because we don't want to use the aol chat that's bolted to the system and uh, you know, there's that that part of like, oh, hey, good move. You know, great, great. You know, oh, man, I think that was a game-winning move or whatever. When I play with other people, it's kind of a mixed bag. Sometimes I've had some great experiences. And other times, like I had one dude in Russian Railroads. Dude asked me to take his turn because his girlfriend was waiting on him. Like, she was his ride. And he was waiting on me to finish the game. And it was like, dude, you, should, you shouldn't have started the game if you were in a, you know, if you were in a hurry, right? You know, so I've had some – I just want to see kind of pull and kind of get y'all's – experience like do you guys only play games online with people you already know or do you sometimes play with uh strangers i've only ever played with people i know so i don't know i, I don't have any experience experience with strangers to this day i've only played with people i know okay in fact i've even played with people sitting next to me amanda and i have been on separate phones playing a game on board game arena and, and the game's in the closet like we could have actually gotten the physical game out, but we played it on Board Game Arena for some reason. Um, I played uh, at the credit union with my coworkers, and I hear somebody yell from the next room over when we take our turn. It's almost like back in college we played um, 
Counter Strike, you know. But now we're playing Colt Express. And it's then, a land yeah, party. Yeah, it, it feels like that, right? But uh, as far as if somebody had uh, messaged me on Facebook that's in our Pumple group or somebody that was on YouTube that knew us and said, I want to play a game with you, I would play with them because yeah. that, that, there's that connection there. But as far as oh, just yeah. going on and joining a random table, I've, I've had no desire to do that. It's, yeah, it's totally been a big spike for me. I've gotten some Twa games where I got totally they, – they, the, they wiped the table with me. But yeah, but you learned Twa really well that way by yeah. playing people who like basically make a living playing Twa. Yeah, I was I was like taking notes. I was like, so next time I play Twa, I want to be like this mean – like I want to play Twa completely differently. The flip side of that is I don't know that I can play Twa with people who aren't experienced with Twa now because I, I would probably be – I'm not saying I'm going to necessarily win, but I'm not going to play nice either. Because that's my most of my you games. Know so, how the game's supposed to play? Yeah, yeah. yeah most of my experience with Twa is we play mean. I, I'd say that's the one game where I've like really enjoyed playing with strangers. Otherwise, I, you know, every once in a while you run into someone who's rude or who doesn't know how to play the game. And so, I, I think if I do play, I still want by playing with you guys or other people in our gaming groups. I still keep a little bit of what Proper Brian's talking about, in that I can have that social interaction. Because I'm okay, like I can, I'm gonna shoot you a text, right? Great move, or hey, I'm gonna be gone for a little bit, but I'll be back at, you know, be back in an hour to play. In a way, by playing with people you you do communicate with normally, or you already know, you kind of bridge some of that gap. And so I, I I think you can overcome some of the issues. I know you were talking about proper Brian. Do you still, after after talking about it, do you feel like maybe you would you would try that still or? Is that are you are you still kind of pretty dead set against trying trying those out? Given our current situation in uh, not being able to get out, I really really want to find uh, something I can play that I enjoy online. I've been thinking about it while we were talking, and I think the reason that Carcassonne worked well for me and some other games that I have done worked well for me is because I've I've done them as two player games, and so it's a it's a quick back and forth. There's not a lot of state change to the game in between turns. So I think two-player would work well for me. And I think that if I would focus on the game more in between my turns, um, I would have more fun with it too because then I would feel prepared whenever I got back into it. But it also helps if you know the game before you get into it. Like if if we were to play like Lords of Waterdeep, number one, that's a simpler game than something like Russian Railroads. But uh, if we were to play something like that, it's like that I know really, really well. I don't have to think about the rules when I when it gets back to my turn. I feel like with some games that I don't know as well or I've never played the physical copy of, I have to load the game back into my head, like all the rules, and like remember that. And then I have to remember where I am in my turn. Then I have to look at what everyone else has done on their turn and try to figure out what to do next. It wasn't a good experience for me. Well, if you try it in the future, hopefully you can alleviate some of that. And anyone out there who who is trying to, uh, to look into some um, online games, you guys want to list a few services? Like, what what services have you used, uh, uh, Shuck? For online games? Yeah, for online uh, games. Just the board game arena and the what's I can never pronounce the other yeah. one. The Bodajou, Bodajou, the French one. There's uh, there's also you can play some of the Splatter games, and we've we've had good experience with Food Chain Magnate on Board yes. Game Core. Yeah. I think it's BoardGameCore.net. Of course, there's Tabletopia, um, which has some games for free, and you can play solo games. You could try. I will say this: you could try games out on that some of the games for free solo um there's also tabletop simulator which is going on so pretty often i think they they're paying attention to what's happening and 
I know at least it's the time of recording. It's on sale for like $10. A friend gave me a, um, a guest code or like, you know, I just bought like a four pack a few years ago. I think we'd, we'd get online. And unfortunately we never have, but uh, I'm going to try to remedy that this, this next week or two. There's that. And then, um, I'm sure there's a couple others out there. I know, you know, if if we can, if we can, maybe if we find some more, maybe we'll we'll put them in kind of in the post. We played, um, we played Julius Caesar on oh. uh, paranglands.com. That was a really great implementation. I will say, if you go to Board Game Core, Food Chain Magnet works pretty well because it's pretty simple graphically. Anyways, I was trying to play uh, Antiquity with a friend Craig, and granted, I only played the game once at that point. I had a little bit, a little bit of trouble with the interface. It's a, very, a little simplistic, but you can play the game. So the fact that you can play that game online is is great, and you can play, I think, believe the Great Zimbabwe and uh, and one of one of their other games. But so there are options for some of those media games. A board game, Arena and uh, Bataju are both, or however you pronounce that one, are both uh, both great for. They have a wide breadth of games, right? They have the the five minute game, the ten minute game. They have the game that you you could play for two or three hours. Well, guys, I I think we've kind of covered a, a pretty wide breadth there, and and kind of had a good discussion about how we view some of these games and apps and, and other digital interfaces for our games. I know it's, it's been kind of uh, odd and, and I know, uh, I think I probably speak for all of us where uh, right now we're not able to get together physically, but some, maybe we'll take advantage of some more of these, some of these a little bit more, but uh, I look forward to the day when we can get together and uh, actually have a beer together and, and, uh, and play some games together uh, in person. It'd, it'd be great. But in the meantime, uh, I think we've got some ideas and, you know, we can uh, hopefully implement some of these and, uh, and, and have fun gaming. Thanks for listening to the Bub Meeple Podcast. If you enjoyed our content, like and subscribe. Share with your friends. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at pubmeeple.com. Our website, www.bubmeeple.com. Home to the board game ranking engine. And always remember, support your local breweries.